The views and opinions expressed are for general informational purposes only. Consult with your physician or medical health care provider for medical advice, diagnosis, and or treatment. Today, we talk about an inspirational and powerful, successful weight loss story. Yes, it gives us all motivation. Now, research has shown that obesity prevalence has increased from 30.5% to 41.9%. And obesity-related conditions include heart disease, stroke, type 2 diabetes, and even cancer. These are among the leading causes of preventable premature death. Now joining us is Michael Wright, a well-known podcaster who co-hosts Something in Common with his wife, Kim. He will share his story and talk about his weight loss journey of losing over 200 pounds and the health challenges and setbacks that he had to overcome along the way. All this and more on It's All About Health and Fitness. Welcome to It's All About Health and Fitness with Dr. Vicki Hayward-Doe and Dr. Virginia Banks-Bright. This program is brought to you by Vicki Doe Fitness, a multimedia health and wellness forum. Now, here's your host, Vicki Doe and D. Banks-Bright. I'm Dr. Vicki Haywood-Doe, and with me is the one and only Dr. Virginia D. Banks-Bright. How are you today, D? I am doing excellently, excellently. Yes, I'm doing fine, and I am excited today because, like I was saying last week, I'm getting ready to go to Atlanta to be hot, hot and bothered. Atlanta. Hot Atlanta. Hot Atlanta. <laughs> to be this bothered. Yes. And then today it's a pretty, um, it's it's hot, but it's it's durable. Yeah, it's not that bad. You know, it's uh, they were talking about heat waves. We're really not experiencing like sweltering, like it could be a lot worse. And maybe because it's not so much humidity. Yes, that's it. That's it. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, so but we're here, right, Dee? Yes, we are. We are here. And this is episode 235. And today we're going to talk about a powerful success weight loss story that gives hope and inspiration to all of us. And as we know, being overweight and obese is a common health crisis in the U.S., and it is very costly as well. And according to the CDC, from 1999 to 2000 through 2017, March 2020, U.S. obesity prevalence increased from 30.5% to 49.9%. Now, during the same time, the prevalence of severe obesity increased from 4.7% to 9.2%. And obesity-related conditions include heart disease, stroke, type 2 diabetes, and certain types of cancer. These are among the leading causes of preventable premature death. The estimated annual medical cost of obesity in the United States was nearly $173 billion in 2019 dollars. 
medical costs for adults who had obesity were $1,871 higher than medical costs for people with healthy weight. Non-Hispanic black adults, 49.9%, which is actually 50%, what, had the highest age-adjusted prevalence of obesity, followed by Hispanic adults, 45.6%. Non-Hispanic um, white adults, 41.4%. And non-Hispanic Asian adults, 16.1%. Obesity prevalence was 39.8% among adults aged 20 to 39 years, 44.3% among adults aged 40 to 59 years, and 41.5% among adults aged 60 and older. Research has shown that there are many factors that contribute to gaining too much weight, including eating patterns, physical activity levels, sleep. We talked about sleep last week and how it's connected with weight management. So yeah, sleep that was a good show. Yeah. That was a good show. Yes. So sleep <laughs> routines, we have genetics that affect, you know, and contribute to gaining too much weight and then certain medications that we take. Studies have also linked the conditions in which we live, work and play, cause social determinants of health also matter as well. Child care uh, and school environments, community design, access to healthy, affordable foods and beverages, and access to safe and convenient places for physical activity affect our ability to make healthy choices. However, we can overcome these many barriers and obtain successful weight loss outcomes and optimal health and well-being. Joining us yeah. is Michael Wright, a well-known podcaster who co-hosts Something in Common with his wife, Kim. He is going to share his story and talk about his phenomenal weight loss journey, including the health challenges and setbacks that he had along the way. He pressed on and was still able to achieve his weight loss goal and is living a fulfilled life. What do you think, though, Dee? What do you think about him coming on the show today? <laughs> I think it's great. Um, anytime anybody can share their success story in terms of weight loss, because it is a journey. I mean, it's a, it's a hard process to go through. It's kind of like, well, how did I gain this? And how can, why can't I lose it fast? You know, but there are so many multifactorial issues that are um, involved. And we know that Obesity is epidemic in this country and contributes to so many different diseases. I mean, I'm sure your honey sweet will tell you sometimes you just walk in the room and look at patients and you just want to throw up your hands and holler. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's the, the struggle is real. The, the struggle, struggle is real. real. Yes. Yeah. Listen, folks, stop depending on willpower and motivation alone to help you lose those stubborn pounds. Learn how to create holistic and sustainable lifestyle habits that will give you lasting results. We can help you with that. Yes, we want you to go ahead. Go ahead and enroll in our Vicky Doe Fitness, our step-by-step -step weight loss boot camp masterclass, our online 12-week comprehensive weight loss program that 
embraces the holistic approach to sustainable, healthy lifestyle habits for weight loss and long-lasting transformation. Now, this program has all of the necessary components to help you attain the results that you need. It has exercise training because we have a personal training health fitness coaching app, our Vikido Fitness health fitness coaching app that you will be able to to have. We have the health and nutrition education modules. We have healthy eating sample menus and recipes. And then most of all, we have that social um, support and accountability because you meet with me live for our coaching session, our weekly coaching meetup session. I know that if you decide to to participate in this program, you will definitely be able to reach your, your goals for yourself and your health and well-being and lose weight, lose weight and enjoy a life of healthy living habits because we definitely teach you how to take on that healthy living identity and start doing and participating in healthy living habits. Go to vickidofitness.com forward slash bootcamp and find out more about this weight loss and wellness program. Make sure you sign up today and I can't wait to see you there. Now also folks, don't forget to check out our resources page, our vickidofitness.com forward slash resources. And there you will find our products and services that will be helpful to you as you embrace a life of health and fitness. We have a variety of items on the list, y'all know, and we want you definitely to check out that list and to try the products. We have Reebok. You know, everybody knows about Reebok. You know, I got the shoes. I got my shorts and my pants and my workout stuff. (laughs) They got it there. Uh, Wobby Parker, beautiful glasses. You can do those online. They're now doing contact lenses as well. Polar, Polar is on that list. And you know, I always talk about the Polar health fitness tracker. I'm always wear mine. You know, I have my signature, that loud, light green band that I wear. (laughs) Yes. And so Polar You definitely want to check that out. They have a new updated version for those that love to run. It's out of sight, GPS, all that on that. So check out the Polar Health Fitness Tracker and Monitor as well. iRemedy Healthcare is on there. Yes, I always go there because you can get your mask quickly. They come quickly. All the things that you need, medical supplies, go to iRemedy Healthcare. Cardia by Alive Core. Yes, these are great heart monitors if you want to have not only your heart rate but get the actual heart rate rhythm, your ECG or EKG, some people still call it. Yes, you can get those rhythms. You put your thumb, it's it's in sync, a software that's in sync with your phone and you can test that throughout the day and send it to your physician. So those of you that have, you know, heart rhythm issues, this is something really uh, important to have. It's great. It works very well. That's very innovative. That's very innovative too, Vicki. Yes. Yes. very, very innovative. Yes. Yes. I've tried. I got it and I've tried it 
and it's pretty accurate. Oh, really? Yeah, it'll say, oh, good. it'll do your, your EKG or your ECG waves. Uh-huh. You put your fingers on it and hold it down and for 30 uh-huh. seconds, and then it'll, it'll tell you what your, your uh, heart rate is, you know, your resting heart oh, wow. rate, if it's 75, uh-huh. 77, or if, even uh-huh. if you're doing activities, you know, you press it and oh, so wow. forth, and it'll show your, your heart rhythm. And then mm-hmm. it'll also say abnormalities. Or when, wow. I didn't, when I was messing with my thumbs and stuff to s- see what it'll uh-huh. do, it'll say skip mm-hmm. heartbeat or skip. Yeah, oh, it'll okay. do all that. Yes. Oh, nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. You can send it. You can email it. And send all that to your physician. So that's good for folks that have actual heart problems, like AFib, all that kind of stuff, you know, to that's have. very innovative. That's great. Isn't it? Yes. So mm-hmm. go check that out, folks. Cardia by Alive Core. We have also on that list the right stuff. It's a medical supplies for the caregiver. It's online. You can just order. It's at your house very quickly. RDT. Hey, you know, I love tea. Check the Art of Tea. You can become a member where you get um, some of their their concoctions that they mix up together monthly. And it's very nice. So check out the Art of Tea. My Lab Box. Y'all have heard me talk about My Lab Box. You can definitely get the COVID-19 test there. But most, most of us have it because it's offered free now. So we can get that from our health agencies and so forth. My lab box has that STD test you can do. You can do food sensitivity tests, your chem labs, your chem seven, all that kind of stuff. All of those wellness, what they call it, wellness lab profile. You can do that right in the privacy of your home. And then you can send those back. They'll give you results. And then they have on staff physicians that you can call and they can tell you, explain more about your lab results and then, you know, send you or refer you to where you need to be if there are problems. And so that is my lab box, eco lunchbox and much, much more. I can talk on and on about this, but let's talk specifically. I kind of talked about that with a po- with our Polar Electro. It is our Polar uh, Monitors or our health fitness trackers that you can wear. And we know that Polar has a 40-year legacy of innovation in fitness wearables. Um, Polar has been leading the way in providing a broad range of products to help people of all fitness levels reach their goals. And they have now, as I was saying, they got the new Polar Pacer Pro advanced um, GPS. It's an advanced GPS running watch for those that like to run. It's ultra light and it is the improved, the new generation GPS running watch. It is equipped with advanced training tools for those serious runners out there to improve your running uh, economy and your performance. So you become efficient, right? Energy efficient. This is the watch to have. But, of course, they have other fitness trackers and monitors and so forth that anyone um, that want to, you know, track their fitness level can wear. So check out Polar on our resources page. 
www.vickidofitness.com forward slash resources or go directly to the website using our link www.vickidofitness.com forward slash polar. That's our link, vickidofitness.com forward slash polar. And remember, when you use any of the affiliate links on this page to buy any of our products and services, you are supporting us here at Vickido Fitness. And as always, what do we say, D? Thank you, thank you, thank you for your support. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your support. Well, like I said, Dee, when we were talking earlier, you know, I had a wonderful week. And yes, I went down to Columbus once again to, I was trying to go play golf and enjoy, (laughs) but we got rained out, rained out completely. Yeah. Yeah. For the weekend. A lot of rain last weekend. A lot of flights were canceled. A lot of rain. Yes, a lot of rain. But I'm enjoying the sunshine. We did get sunshine back again here so yeah. i'm enjoying yeah, it yeah. but it's they tell us it's gonna be hot as hell for real <laughs> <laughs> that's what i was looking on the uh weather forecast you know a lot of places in the country in the world or europe especially uh i think i saw london yesterday was 104 oh my now, god I, mean, I was laughing with some friends i was like well you know having been in london a lot those people, a lot of the people in the UK don't have air conditioning. I know, know, I know. And but I said, I bet you know one. I know one person that's cool. I bet the Queen isn't hot. You better believe that. <laughs> I bet you she got some air conditioning around her. You best better believe that. Yes. No, that's right. Yeah. And so and it's, uh, it's hot as heck, as you say, hot as hell. <laughs> so anybody that doesn't believe in global warming, I feel sorry for you because it's right there. This is low hanging fruit. It's right there, and you know they you know they always say when it's when it's really snowing and stuff, they're like, oh yeah, he he he. They talk about climate change, but that's the whole point. It's change, meaning we're getting extreme. So instead of just getting how we're supposed to get with snow, no, we got to get a whole blizzard and stuff on us, right? Yeah. And then certain places, certain places that really doesn't get a lot of snow, they get snow. Because remember, it was Mm -hmm. snow in Hawaii that time. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, and a lot then of warm, warm climate. They're getting snow. Yeah. yeah, and then it becomes extreme heat. It right. becomes extreme heat. We've had those terrible tornadoes. Yeah, that's another thing, right? Lots of tornadoes. That's another issue. That's another problem mm-hmm. coming through. Tornadoes and hurricanes and having tornadoes and hurricanes in places where they usually are not. That's the point. Mm-hmm. So it's something. But, yeah, that's what I've been trying to just get prepared because, like mm-hmm. I've been saying, you know, I'm going to be going to hot Atlanta, and it's going to be it's hot as off. hell. Yeah, even though own little personal fan with you. That's it. Even though, even though I was born, I don't know if anybody know. I'm in Ohio for a long time, but I was born and raised in Atlanta, and woo. Yeah, that's I, what you have said. Ugh, that humidity and stuff, and he. Mm, no, nope. this is right in the smack dab in the middle of it. It's in the middle of it. That's it. 
that bad. Been, well, I'll be right behind you. I'm going to the National Medical Association next weekend, mm-hmm. and it's going to be in hot Atlanta. So I'll I'll be down there at the Hyatt trying to duck and dodge. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm not trying to get out there. Oh, no. Oh, I, no. I'll be ducking and dodging. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So, but, hey. Ducking and dodging. That's it. But guess what? We are here, so we just keep it moving, right? We keep keep it moving. moving. That's exactly right. Keep it moving. We keep it moving. I still can't understand why people choose to do their running routine in when it's hot as hell. In the it's crazy. It'll be twelve noon. They're asking for for it. Heat stroke. They're asking. That's that's playing Russian roulette. There's nothing to prove by doing that at all, and everything to lose. That's it. Well, you know, and every you... year, I think this year we got one. Every year, mm-hmm. there's a football player who dies oh, because yeah. of heat stroke. When yeah. they have them out there uh, with, uh, you know, practice before the season, every year you see a, a football player who will pass because of a heat stroke. It's no joke. It's no joke. And one thing, you know, we all, and I'm sure you're going to talk about that, you have to stay hydrated, 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 because by the time you're thirsty, it's too late. It's too late. That's it. You're already behind. You're behind. You can't wait till you're thirsty. That's it. But yeah, that's that's what's going on. We're gonna be hot as hell. So how was your week though? <laughs> my week was good. I had a little soiree at my house last week. It was nice. Just had some 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 friends, as you know. Uh huh. Uh, you couldn't make it, but um, we missed you. But there, we had like a four-piece jazz group, and I okay. got, I decided it was my party, and I got up and I sang. Oh, so that's nice. I sang one note samba. It was fun, but you know it was good. But it rain it was threatening rain, but it it didn't. You know, fortunately, it didn't happen. But you know, just something okay. to do. You know how I do every now and yes. then. I like to get friends together. Yes. Every now and then. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, that's good. All right. That was great. That was great. What is going on this week, (laughs) D? Everything, Vicki. Every darn thing. Everything, yes. And as we keep saying, it's hot as hell. But not just here, it's all across Mm -hmm. the world. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah, we see this from the CNN, right? They talk about yeah. what grim warnings issued as oppressive U.S. heat waves spreads. And so, yeah, it talks about a dangerous heat wave that's how, that has wilted the south central U.S. and is spreading Wednesday with nearly 110 million people under heat alerts in 28 states wow. from California to New England and many areas wow. expecting high temperatures in the 90s or triple digits. That has leaders across the country warning, get to a cool place and check on each other. And it says mm-hmm. the most intense heat is expected to be over the southwest and south central mm-hmm. U.S. with highs again expected to top 100 degrees 100 degrees mm. in much of Texas, too much bad conditions, mm-hmm. hot and bothered. I, I add TV that. This morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that on TV this morning. One of the uh, Texas officials came on and was talking about how they're trying to make sure that people don't die from exposure. Yeah, so it's going to be um, sweltering. That's what I should have said. It'll be yeah, sweltering yeah, conditions. Yeah. 
that have yeah. spurred record levels of power consumption. And, you know, I always call Dr. Rhonda, you know, she lives in Texas. And uh-huh. she said, yeah, it's been really hot in uh-huh. the hundreds and uh-huh. stuff. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then, but here's what it says. Parts of the Ohio Valley and the Northeast, including New York City, Philadelphia, and Boston, uh-huh. also are under uh-huh. heat alerts Wednesday and are expected to stay wow. hot at least through the weekend. And as wow. much of the Northeast, although Wednesday's high temperatures will range from the 80s to the mid-90s, humidity, yes, will push the heat index, what the air will feel like until the upper 90s, into the upper 90s and lower 100s. And so that is what the Weather Prediction Center has said. Now, in New York, residents are urged to stay indoors in the coming days to avoid the dangerous conditions that can lead to what we talked about, right? Heat, stress, and illness. Mm -hmm. And this was said by Mm -hmm. Jackie Bray, who is a commissioner of the state's Homeland Security and Emergency Services Division. In Boston, Mayor Michelle Wu um, declared a heat emergency through Thursday and announced at least 12 community centers will open to anyone who wants to cool off. Isn't that something? More than 50 splash pads will be available at city parks and playgrounds, she said. That's good. Yes. It is clear, look, that a changing climate is a risk to our health, the mayor said. Mm -hmm. I urge everyone Mm -hmm. to stay cool and safe and check on Uh your neighbors during the week. Now, Connecticut's. Connecticut's governor activated the state's extreme hot weather protocol through Sunday that will help in part ensure the availability of cooling centers. So I guess these guys are mm-hmm. having cooling centers all around. Uh, Philadelphia declared a heat caution from noon Tuesday to Thursday evening, evening, urging people to avoid being outside from noon to 5 p.m. and use air conditioners or fans, the city said in an email mm. to CNN. The heat, wave comes, the heat wave comes as President Joe Biden was expected to announce Wednesday new funding for communities facing extreme heat and steps to boost the offshore wind industry during a speech at a defunct Massachusetts coal power plant. And it's not just the U.S. The climate crisis has been pushing weather to the extreme all over the world with a searing heat wave also sweeping through Europe this week. And so the the article in the CNN um, goes on to say, you know, to ask the question why heat and humidity are extremely dangerous. And so heat, this is what they're saying. Heat is one of the top weather related causes of death in the U.S., according to Kimberly, uh, what is that? Mac Mahan, is that what it is? Okay, mm-hmm. Kim- uh-huh. Kimberly. Okay, in the U.S., according to Kimberly McMahon, she's the Public Weather Services Program uh, Manager with the National Weather Services. Heat affects everyone by limiting the body's ability to cool down. McMahon said, "High humidity levels only further limit that ability." Sweating removes 22% of excess body heat by redirecting heat towards the evaporation of the sweat. Okay, CNN meteorologist uh, Robert 
Shackelford said, okay, high humidity means that, that there is more moisture in the air. Since there is significantly more moisture in the air, it causes sweat to evaporate slower, yeah, which leads to a slowing down of your body's natural ability to cool. That is why heat indices in on a day with high humidity can feel significantly hotter than the actual temperature of the air. Too much heat and humidity can lead to heat-related illnesses, including heat cramps, a heat rash, heat exhaustion, and the worst of all, heat stroke, which can result in death. And this was said by May- Mayhun said. What was her name? Kimberly. McMahon, yeah. McMahon. I know that name because there was a there was a quarterback for the Chicago Chicago Bears whose name Bears whose name was McMahon. So yeah. There are an average of seven hundred and two heat related deaths. Mm. Isn't that something? Mm. And wow. um nine thousand two hundred and thirty five hospitalizations each year, okay, across the country. According this is the data from the US Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and the threat is only increasing. Extreme heat is a real threat and needs to be taken seriously. And those who are more vulnerable to the heat temperatures include outdoor workers. Yeah, because they got to be outside the whole time. Yeah. You know, yeah. We got Mm -hmm. pregnant women, people with heart and lung conditions, and that's true. Yeah. If you have heart disease or COPD, any type of lung stuff, you, you know, you don't need to be outside in extreme heat. Young children, you know, they don't um, tolerate heat. They tolerate heat differently from adults. Older adults and, yeah, athletes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, this is what's happening. And this article was written in CNN. And so, yeah, people are, you know, they're urging us to clamp down, to get in the air condition and just chill for a few days. Yep, exactly. Well, I'm just people need to be very careful because I think people underestimate the severity of stuff out there, you know, especially like we were talking about these weekend warriors. Yes. You know, you always see a bunch of weekend warriors running around. You know, one of the things I tell people is that my son was in the Marine Corps, Mm -hmm. and one of the things that the Marines have down is you rarely hear about death at boot camp. And yeah, that's that is one true. of the worst environments that you can ever be in. I mean, they work those guys like dogs. But what they do is they make sure those guys are hydrated. They force they force them to drink water. Ah. If they act because you know in the military, you know you belong to the government, so you better because if you don't drink, that's an infraction. But they make them drink water, and so you rarely hear of a death. Ah. Like you may hear, you know, they, a helicopter, this, that, and the other, but you rarely hear, like down in Paris Island, where you talk about hot as hell, okay. that is hot as hell. Okay. And those guys are down there in boot camp in July, like my son, they, they don't, you don't hear about that because they figured it out yes. how to make sure that their guys and men and women mm-hmm. are well hydrated. That's so it. You just have to remember that. You can't be running around you know, thinking that you're invincible. No. Yeah. So with that said, we always try to have a health tip. And this health tip is exercising in the heat. You can find that on Vicky Doe Fitness, our website. And it was written by Health Day News. And it says exercise is important at any time of the year. But the hot summer months require extra precautions to keep you from overheating. And so the American Heart Association recommends, number one, 
don't exercise outdoors during the hottest hours of the day, generally between noon and 3 p.m. Number two, drink extra water before, during, and after exercise. Bring a water bottle to use while you exercise. Number three, make sure clothing fits loosely, is light in color, is lightweight, and wicks away your moisture. Protect against sunburn with sunscreen, a hat, and sunglasses. Number four, give your body time to adjust to higher temperatures and don't push yourself as hard as usual when the weather first heats up. Take breaks when needed and listen to your body. Consult with your doctor about the safety of exercising in hot weather. And last but not least, work out with a buddy, an exercise buddy for safety. Yeah, so those are the health tips you know, since we're talking about heat, and yeah, just take precautions, folks. You know, right? You don't exactly. have to. You don't have to prove nothing to us. You don't. Nope, <laughs> nothing. No, and even if you're trying out for the Olympics, you still need to live to get to the Olympics. So, <laughs> drink up. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> right. That's it. That's I mean, exactly yeah. it. That's right. it. Right. Exactly. All right. Well, Dee, what's the latest? You got a lot of latest to well, tell us. Well, yeah, I got a latest here. You know, just when we think our head is out of the water, here comes another virus. This past week, Ghana has confirmed its first two cases of the highly infectious Marburg virus disease, according to the World Health Organization. The announcement came after two unrelated patients from southern Ashanti region of Ghana, mm. both of whom later died, tested positive for the virus. The patients had shown symptoms of diarrhea, fever, nausea, and vomiting. WHO World Health Organization said, adding that more than 90 contacts are being monitored. Now, Marburg is a highly infectious viral hemorrhagic fever in the same category as our friend Ebola that you and I talked about several, five or six years ago, it seems now. And it has a fatality rate up to 88%. Illness begins with high fever, severe headache, and malaise, and the virus is transmitted to humans from fruit bats and can then be spread human to human through direct contact with bodily fluids of infected people or surfaces and materials contaminated with these fluids. The global health body said containment measures were being put into place and that more resources would be deployed in response to the outbreak in Ghana. World Health Organization also warned that without immediate and decisive action, Marburg can get out of control. There are no approved vaccines or antiviral treatments for this infectious disease. However, a patient's chance of survival can be improved with care, including oral or IV hydration and treatment of specific symptoms. The Ghana Health Service has urged the Ghanaian public to avoid mines and caves occupied by fruit bats. So they wouldn't have to worry about me with that, Vicky. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) And to thoroughly cook all meat products before consumption to Mm -hmm. help reduce the risk of spreading the virus. Fruit bats are natural hosts of the Marburg virus, the health service said. The Ghana outbreak is the only is only the second in West Africa after Guinea detected the virus last year. The patient in Guinea outbreak also died from the virus. No further cases were confirmed by 
Guinean health authorities. In other parts of Africa, previous outbreaks have been reported in Uganda, Kenya, Angola, South Africa, and the Democratic Republic of the Congo. The Angola outbreak in 2005 was the most deadly, with more than 200 people killed. Mm. According to World Health Organization, countries are at higher risk of a resurgence of the virus, who are at higher risk have been contacted, um, and they are on alert. So the reason that I bring this up is that, you know, sometimes it used to be that we hear about viruses popping up and stuff in other countries, and we'd be like, oh, well, you know, it's over there. No, we know now that stuff can pop up over here because people get on planes and they travel and this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right. So there you have it. Stay, uh, stay alert. Stay awake, and I'll try to keep everybody updated as I hear new information. Well, that sounds good, D. But guess what? We always got to be worried about some some virus coming I to know, get us. I know. Just when you think, right? Just when you think your head is out of the water, I know. Right. <laughs> right. Here it comes. Here it comes. That's it. Well, thank you, Here D. Thank you, D. You are welcome. You are welcome. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Vicki Haywood Doe. I just wanted to break in for a quick second and introduce to you the sponsor and creator of this show. It's the company I own, Haywood Doe Consulting Co., doing business as Vicky Doe Fitness. We are a health and wellness consulting company that specializes in designing and implementing medically integrated applied exercise physiology-based fitness wellness programs, initiatives, events, health promotion, and health education for special populations such as older folks, children, adolescents, overweight and obese individuals, cardiac rehab, women's health, and those who have chronic diseases. We have a team and network of healthcare professionals based out of Northeast Ohio, and we've worked with many companies, schools, churches, and organizations. If your goal is to transform your life by taking a holistic approach to living a life of health and total well-being, get in touch with us at info at To find out more about our own site and online programs and services, go to vikidofitness.com. And now back to the show. Well, today we talk about an inspiring and self-determination weight loss story, according to the CDC, from 1999 to 2000 through 2017, March 2020, U.S. obesity prevalence increased from 30.5% to 49.9%. During the same time, the prevalence of severe obesity increase from 4.7% to 9.2%. Research has shown that many Americans are dealing with obesity and its many health complications, such as type 2 diabetes, heart disease, orthopedic problems, and even some cancers. And as we know, trying to lose weight has many challenges within itself. There are social determinants of health conditions in which we live, work, and play that also matter as well. However, we have folks that are overcoming many barriers and are being successful 
in their weight loss journey. Joining us is Michael Wright, a podcaster of his show in which he co-hosts with his lovely wife, Kim, Something in Common, and who was dealing with weight and health problems as well. He is going to share with us his weight loss journey on how he overcame these health issues and how he is living and enjoying a healthy lifestyle each and every day. So let's listen to the interview with Michael Wright. Well, here with us today is Michael Wright, a well-known podcaster who co-hosts Something in Common with his wife, Kim. He will share his personal story and talk about the phenomenal weight loss journey he embarked upon a few years ago. In doing so, Michael will give us insight about his weight loss journey and how it impacted his mental, emotional, and physical health. Yet, he was still able to successfully reach his journey's desired destination of living and enjoying a healthy lifestyle. So how are you today, Michael? I am wonderful. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for reaching out to me. I truly appreciate it. Yes, indeed. Absolutely. All right. Michael, yes, we are excited that you're here because we want you to really talk about your successful weight loss journey, your personal story, and all of that. So tell us, give us what we say, give us the tea on who you are, <laughs> Michael Wright. <laughs> well, Michael Wright is... Uh... I don't consider myself anybody special. I'm just a guy. I was born and raised in Bakersfield, California. Lived there most of my life. Graduated high school and did a whole lot of jumping around trying to figure out life and the world. And so when I left California in 1997, I lived in Atlanta for a couple of years. From that point on, I knew um, it was time for me to get my butt in school. If not, my mother was going to kill me. (laughs) And I didn't want that problem. So I ended up at Jackson State University and graduated from Jackson State in 2004. About 13 years, married, had my girls there, divorced, kind of jumped around a little bit more, trying to figure out the world and what I wanted to do with my life. And from there, went to Arkansas. Now I'm in the DMV, been here, been here about nine years now. Yeah, about nine years. And okay. actually, it is kind of funny now that my wife now, she wants to move to California. So she's originally from Tennessee, but she's been here in Maryland most of her life. And so now she wants to move to California. So we're actually plotting and planning, maybe moving over to the West Coast here next year. So we'll see. Oh, wow. In a nutshell, that's pretty much who I am. That's who you are. a regular guy trying to live life and, you know, husband and father. Okay. Businessman. Okay. I've been following you um, for, it's been a minute. I've been following you on Instagram, Mm -hmm. Facebook, and all of that. And what made me so interested in you, you um, really sharing with us your weight loss journey, you know, how you were taking that leap of faith and that step. And it, actually, you and your honey sweet, your wife, I always call my husband honey sweet. But yeah. <laughs> yep, we did it together. Yes. And so what prompted you to even begin that whole weight loss journey? It all started with my wife's father. So um, about over four years ago, he got really, really sick. We didn't know what was going on with him. And um, come to find out, he had a, well, what started it was he had a lesion on his brain, which basically caused one half of his body to shut down. He was in the hospital 
we got him to the hospital that day and come to find out he had a whole bunch of other medical issues but you know one of the biggest things that he was dealing with was obesity okay. and i'll never forget he was in the hospital and they needed to do a cat scan on him one day and they basically told him that he was too big to fit into the machine mm. and so come to find out he had had um, surgery when he was a child basically had to put a mesh lining around his intestines I'm not sure exactly what the condi- the medical term for it, but they had to put a mesh lining around his test. So they fixed that. He had a vent- he had probably he was- had a ventral hernia. That might have been what it was. But I know uh-huh. when he was 30, they had to go back in and redo the surgery when he was about 30 years old. And that was 30-some-odd years ago. So eventually what happened over time, the mesh lining broke down. And over time, somehow, some way, his lung had fused with his colon. Oh. And, yeah, he had a lot of metal. So, basically, they, he had, they had to go in and do the surgery. They were able to do the successful brain surgery and take care of the lesion on his brain. Then, running all these other tests on him, they found out about the mesh lining breaking down and his cold infusion with his, his lung. They had to go in and do that surgery. So, right before they did the surgery, they told us, they like, we had, we've never seen a case like this before. And being that he was so overweight that they basically told us they didn't know if they were going to be able to perform the surgery successfully, successfully on him. Mm. But... Through the grace of God, he, he got through the surgery, but he never got out of the hospital. So he spent three years in the hospital. Wow. Well, he spent wow. a year and a half in the hospital, then the other year and a half in a nursing home. So he never, that day we got him out of that house, he never went home. And the day he had the surgery, when he came out of surgery, the first thing he said, we were there when he came back to the room, and he looked at my wife and said, don't be like me. Mm. And she didn't really know what he meant at that time. But basically, he was telling her, you know, don't die overweight. And we were both, I, my wife was 460-some-odd pounds. I was about 470 at the time. Okay. A little over 470. And my wife was at that point, that just broke her down. So she, when we got home that evening, she looked at me. She said, Michael, I'm getting this weight off. You know, we have done all kind of diets and all kind of fad diets, all of this stuff, and nothing worked. Okay. And she came to me one day, and she said, I'm going to have weight loss surgery. At that time, I was completely against it. And then when I think back on that time, I was in such denial about how big I actually was. Okay. So she started the process to have the weight loss surgery, and I was like, I'm not doing that, blah, blah, blah. So she started the process, and luckily for us, our insurance was really good, and they didn't really require a lot for us to have the surgery. We had to do, like, a couple of nutrition classes, and that was pretty much all we had to do. Okay. So she started the process, and right after she started her process, so... I got very sick one day. I thought I had like a, I was having trouble breathing. And I just thought maybe I had like an upper respiratory. If I was trying to self-diagnose myself. So okay. I knew, I said, let me go get checked out. I go to the hospital, come to find out my blood pressure was two. I think that particular day was like 230 over 210. Ooh. And the doctor looked at me and she said, you are a walking stroke. That's when it really, really hit home for me. And then they had, you know, I got weighed and I had weighed myself I can't even remember the last time I weighed myself. And when they weighed me and I was 473 pounds, and that's when it really hit me that this whole thing had got way out of hand. You know, sitting there, and <laughs> my doctor was a black woman at the time, and she just, she didn't hold nothing back. She was a straight shooter. Okay. Love her to this day. She was like, you are going to die. And she said, if you don't get this under control, and, and, and that's all it took for me. Yes. That's all it took for me. That's when I had that wake-up call. So my wife had already started the process for the weight loss surgery. From that point, I was like, I'm right behind you. Okay. So February of 2019, she had her surgery, and I went right behind her and did it in April okay. of the same year. 
And that's where it all started. But at that time, mm-hmm. I knew the weight loss was one thing. I said, I got to get the weight. And, and, and it was funny because they told us from the beginning, normally men, when it comes to weight loss surgery, men lose weight a lot faster than women do. Okay. And my weight, like literally right after I had weight loss surgery, the weight just started falling off, falling off, to the point where me and my wife were kind of back and forth. She was so mad at me because my weight loss was so drastic compared to hers in the beginning. Okay. So I got the weight off and then... I knew I had to start working out. What I didn't want to, I, I, they tell you from the beginning, weight loss surgery is a tool. Yes. It's, it's, it's going to help you lose weight, but if you don't use that tool properly and do what you need to do, still watch what you eat, work out, you're going to put the weight back on it. I'm seeing that firsthand now because I'm working with a lot of men who had weight loss surgery. I'm, I'm dealing with a couple of guys now that had weight loss surgery like two months before I did, three years ago, and they're bigger than they were now than they were before they had the surgery. Wow. So, okay. But for me, that made me realize, okay, I got to get my butt in the gym and start actually working out. Mm-hmm. And so early on, I started just walking. All I did was I just walked the neighborhood. Okay. In the morning or in the evening when I got off work, I just walked. But as you start losing weight really fast, my body started to change, and I started kind of looking like a melted candle because I had so much skin. Ah. So I knew I needed to transform my body. And the only way I was really going to do that was to get in the gym and start incorporating weight training into my journey. So about June of that year, after I had the weight loss surgery, I got up and started going to the gym. And then that's when everything really started kind of jumping off of me. Yeah, start clicking. So so what yeah. date was that when you started going to the gym? Surgery in April, April, May, June, like the end of June, beginning of July is when I started actually just I got me a gym membership and started going to the gym. And what year was that? That was 2019. 2019. So do you have something to say, D? No, I'm just, it's a fascinating story. I guess it my, is. my one question is, did you have to have any plastic surgery? Was that... Is that the... Yeah. I did eventually. I the only thing off. I had... Yeah, the only thing I had done, I had the loose skin around my midsection removed. Okay. Um, well, I had... Well, basically, it was a... It was, they call it a 360 belt lapectomy. So because I was so big, I had a... A lot of loose skin on my midsection and then around my back, actually. So they basically mm-hmm. did a 360 cut around my my pelvic area, pulled that skin mm-hmm. down. Then I had to have a back lift, too, so they had to make a cut, like, in the middle of my back and pull that, uh-huh. <laughs> and pull that skin down, too, to tighten it up. Uh-huh. So that's oh, wow. all I had done. Okay. Yep. Oh, wow. So then how so did you... I still you got f- a lot of loose skin under my arms, and I, okay. I'm just to the point now where it just it is what it is at this point. So the loose skin around my midsection was just such a problem, especially when working out and all of that stuff. So I knew I wanted to get that done. But everything mm-hmm. else, I'm, I'm just dealing with it. A, a lot of times when you you go through that whole process, a lot of people, in fact, I was just going through some of the articles and, and, and things that I have through Health Day News. And one of the, the video uh, was talking about how that when partners have weight loss surgery, Sometimes it causes marital issues, and sometimes it ends up in divorce. So I thought that was, yeah, I thought that was That's very so interesting. interesting. You bring that up, uh huh. I'm in a couple of Facebook groups, like men groups, that men have weight loss surgery, and I and I promise you, at least three or four times a week, it's a man in that group mm-hmm. just kind of wallowing, like. They're getting a divorce. And it's not just, it, 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 it goes both ways. Yes. So my wife says the same thing about some of the groups that she's in. 
it's very hard for sometimes a spouse to watch the other spouse lose weight. And, and when I talk to these men, I'm like, what's the issue? And yes. so it, a lot of times it boils down to jealousy. So they think, oh, you lost all this weight, so now you don't want me anymore. Mm. Or you're going to find somebody else. Or, and in some cases, you know, some people are just attracted to heavy set people. So then when their spouse loses weight, mm-hmm. they just basically tell them, I'm no longer attracted to you because you're smaller. Oh, wow. So mm-hmm. it, it definitely... I don't. I, I can't tell you off the top of my head what the divorce rate is. All I know is the people that I've, I mm-hmm. interact with in mm-hmm. some of the groups I'm in, it is very, very high. Yes. So luckily, me and my wife did it together. Uh-huh. And even now, like, and we've ta- it is, is, we talked about this on our podcast last week. We did a and a and people were just asking us questions of how the weight loss affected our marriage. And it did. For a while, it, it was a lot of tension between me and her because, like I said, my weight loss was so... And, and, she, and it's crazy because she's lost like 230 pounds. Okay. I've lost 265 pounds, but people, and my wife is bottom heavy, so she's she's all butt and all thighs. And even all the weight she's lost, she's still, you know, she's got the butt and the thighs. So uh-huh. when we're out and about, people will come up to us and they'll be like, oh my God, Michael, you look great. But then they'll ask my wife how much more weight she wants to lose. And that really bothers her. Ache. Yeah, that's nice. So they look at me and like, uh. Because and I'm a man, and it is just like, oh, you're, you know, for her, she she was just like, you know, it, it really bothers me that you're kind of blowing through this thing. Mm-hmm. And my wife is doing amazing. Like she's training for, like she's started running marathons. She's getting ready for Ironman in September. Mm-hmm. Like she's hardcore training right now. Mm-hmm. And when I started lifting weights, like it really just kind of, it it really just transformed my body to the point where it, it's. I guess people look at us and they just feel like my weight loss and my transformation is a lot more drastic. So I seem to get more of the attention half the time, and mm-hmm. and and for a while that really called that put a gap in in between us that we had to come together and fix. But it will take a toll on your marriage if you let it. Mm. So Michael, I have a question um, because I yes, have ma'am. dealt with weight loss on and off, on and off for many many years, on and off, on and off, on and off, and a couple of questions. Number one. Did you all, I know you have to, counseling is part of the, mm-hmm. the gastric bypass program, but in terms of after that, how, how have you all seen yourself? What have, did you all have issues initially before this with low self-esteem and then after you lost weight? Do you so, look in the well, mirror and still see an overweight person as opposed to the person that you are? And if you do or do not, how do you deal with that? You said gastric bypass, so I had the gastric sleeve. So the place where we had oh, okay. it here in Maryland, they don't really uh-huh. offer that gastric bypass. Well, they do if you really, really want it, but they really mm-hmm. push the gastric sleeve here, and it's less invasive mm-hmm. and, and all that. Fewer so complications. We yep. Yeah. So we both had the sleeve. Before I had, my wife used to model. She was a plus-size model, so confidence mm-hmm. level, well, let me not speak for her. I know she, she had her issues, but she was very when I first met her, one of the things I loved about her was her confidence. So she was a heavy set girl. She was beautiful. I she always tells me I wear rose colored glasses when it comes to her, but you couldn't tell me she wasn't the finest <laughs> thing on two legs. So <laughs> for me, my confidence level was never low. I, I was one of those big guys, like I never had a problem getting a girlfriend. Like I, I was always super popular. I was always that guy. Like I was always big Mike. That was like my identity. Which was weird. So my self-esteem was higher in the beginning when before I had weight loss surgery. Then as my body started to change and I lost weight, my self-esteem dropped. So I kind of went backwards ah. because mm-hmm. I felt like I lost my identity. Mm-hmm. I was no longer the guy that I had that I had told myself was. Like Even from high school, it was just like Big Mike. I was always Big Mike. And then as I started to shrink, it was like, oh, who is this guy now? Mm-hmm. And what I realized was I used my weight as a crutch. Like 
to me, it was my it was my protector. It was a thing that made me special. And as I started to lose mm-hmm. weight, I didn't feel as special anymore. Mm. Even as I started to put on the muscle, like there's still times where, and I'm just now getting to the point where I'm feeling more comfortable in my skin. But mm-hmm. as I dropped the weight, my mm-hmm. self esteem kind of went down, and I was not. It kind of it. I was in a depression there for a while. Wow. And I really mm-hmm. had to pull myself out of that. And mm-hmm. it was weird because, I, like I said, I felt like I lost my identity. Right. And even though people were telling me how great I looked and right. all this stuff, I was just, I, I didn't see what everybody else saw. Exactly. You know, even yeah. my mother, my mother would just, I would go visit my mother in California. She'd be like, oh my God, you're wasting away. Like, you know, they, she's only known me as being big. My kids, my girls mm-hmm. were just like, every time they were like, Dad, oh my God, you don't even look like the same person anymore. And all their life I was big. So I was, mm-hmm. I was making these changes. Everybody was kind of looking at me and I felt like, am I wasting away? Like, <laughs> <laughs> what right. I thought for a long time, <laughs> because the weight was yeah. coming off so fast, it was literally like I would buy clothes and like a week or two later I couldn't fit them anymore. They were too big. It was just like constantly dropping. That's like because, at my mm-hmm. heaviest, I was like a size fifty-eight pants. Now I'm down to a thirty-two. Yes. And oh wow. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like drastic, drastic. And I, I was really depressed for a while. Well, actually, for about six months, I, I was. <laughs> Not feeling real good about myself. Yeah, that's why I ask those questions because the men, people don't understand who haven't had that journey don't understand it's not about just the body, mm-hmm. it's about the mind and mm-hmm. those things yeah. that you have to deal with pre and post. It's very, very complicated. Yes, it, it is. Truly is, and that's why I noticed, like, like I said, a lot of the guys that I deal with, you know, they they have the issue where you know they're going through marital issues and just the world around them is changing, and they just go right back to their comfort zone, which was food. Mm. And I always ask them, like, because after weight loss surgery, you know, you can eat a big meal and you just kind of sit back and be like, oh, I'm so full. I don't get that feeling anymore. If I eat too much, it's painful because my stomach is so small. Mm. So I would ask these guys, I'm like, how did you put on hundreds of pounds over? And they were just like, my stomach is telling me I'm full, but my brain is telling me I'm still hungry. Mm. And so they would just continue to eat. And I'm like, but it, I said, what about the pain? It was like, I just blocked the pain out because I thought, I was still hungry. And mm. so they would just go back to eat and eat. And then eventually over time, you know, you could just yes. just stretch their stomach right back out. And that's basically what happened. Wow. And so now I got the guys and, you know, they reach out to me every day. Somebody's like, oh, my God, how did you do it? I'm just like, it's a tool. I tell everybody, weight loss surgery is not the magic bullet. Yes, you're going to lose weight, but if you do not do the things that you need to do, you're going to put that weight right back on. Yes. And I refuse to go mm. backwards. My thing was, if I'm going to invest this money <laughs> and all of this time into this surgery, I'm not going back. That's it. I can't go mm. back. I cannot go back to what I used to be, you know, not just for me, but for my family, because I was mm-hmm. on the verge of death. And then to yes. deal with all of that, and then last year to have the um, aorta dissection I had, my surgeon looked at me and he said, had you still been carrying around almost 500 pounds? He said, I'm pretty sure you wouldn't be sitting here right now. You had an last, aortic dissection. Is that what you Yeah, said? Last, last May I was in the hospital. Oh, we had wow. just came back from St. Thomas. Okay. Whoa. We went to St. Thomas last year, and we came back from St. Thomas, and I was, um, you know, because during COVID, they had shut all the gyms down, so I basically turned my garage into gym. Okay. So I had some weights and stuff out there, and I was lifting. We had, me and my wife would go to the gym every morning together. So that morning, we went to the gym. Came home, and I was working from home that day, so later that afternoon, I'm feeling good. I'm like, I'm going to go back in the garage and do a second workout. I worked out for about an hour. Mm-hmm. I was doing some bench pressing, and I remember I sat up off the bench, and I stood up and I almost fell down. Mm. And I had this pain, like, going through, like, my upper chest down to my midsection. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is going on? So I sat down for a minute, 
was able to get myself together, walked in the house, and I could just, all, the only thing I could do was make it through the, the garage door into the house, and I just sat down on the couch right there in the living room. Mm. And I laid there for about an hour, and I could just barely move, and I'm like, what is going on? I thought I had pulled a muscle or something. And I laid there about an hour, finally made my way upstairs, called my, I texted my wife, I said, something is, I said, I'm, I think I pulled a muscle, like, I'm just got this pain in my chest down in my midsection. So, she came home that evening, I went to sleep, woke up the next morning, that Saturday, I felt a little mm. better, still had the pain, didn't have the pain in my chest anymore, but mm. I still had the pain, like, going down to my midsection. So, we went out, ran errands, and I'm feeling okay, so I'm like, yeah, maybe I'll just pull the muscle. Sunday rolls around, and I'm like, I'm still in a little bit of pain, but I knew that Monday I had to get on the road for work to go up to Connecticut. Mm-hmm. I was like, Michael, just go to the go over the patient first, cross the street, just get checked out, make sure you're good. I go over there. My wife drops me off. There's a Target in the same parking lot. She said, I'm going to drop you off. You check in. I'm going to run over to Target. I'll be right back. So I check in. I'm sitting down waiting to get called to the back. Mm. Next thing I know, I start sweating, like, profusely, but I'm freezing. Like, I'm so cold, but my body, like, my shirt is soaking wet at this point. Luckily, my wife is coming. As soon as she comes through the front door, like, I'm literally passing out, sliding onto the floor. So they get a wheelchair. They run me to the back, hook me up to the EKG machine. They're trying to figure out what's going on. They call the ambulance. The ambulance comes, takes me to the hospital. And I'm sitting there, and I'm telling the nurse kind of like what I'm – now, mind you, by the time they get me to the hospital, I'm, like, I'm in no pain at this point. I'm feeling a lot better. So I'm like, I don't know what that was, but I feel fine. So they do a CAT scan on me. Ten minutes after they rolled me back in the room for the CAT scan, the nurse runs through the door. He said, we got a helicopter coming. You're going to University of Maryland, and you're going to immediate open-heart surgery. And I'm like, what? what? I know. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. What is going on? And he was like, you have a um, descending aorta dissection. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what the heck is that? <laughs> so right. I don't know what he's talking about. They called my wife because at this time, COVID is still going on, so they wouldn't even allow her in the hospital at the time. So with that being said, they let her come in. They tell her what's going on. She freaks out. Next thing I know, the helicopter comes. They put me on a helicopter, fly me over 10 minutes to the University of Maryland. I get there. I'm getting poked and prodded on the rest of the night. Mm. So luckily, I didn't have to have surgery, so I'm just being monitored at this point. But they, my surgeon told me, so when I'm telling him my story, he, I was telling him about my weight loss journey. He said, Michael, he said, I'm going to be very honest with you. He was like, so he said, there's an ascending aorta dissection kind of leading up back up to your heart, and there's a descending one. He said, neither exactly. one of them are good, but if you got to have one, you'd rather have the one going down instead of coming up. Right. Uh, he said, but you being almost 500 pounds, all that stress on your body, he said, I'm pretty confident. Had you still been carrying that weight around, you'd be dead. Mm. And that really shook me. And that made me realize at that point mm. that I had made the right decision getting that surgery. Because I had got so much flack from so many people. You'd be amazed how many people reach out to me. They say, oh, you took the easy way out. And, oh, oh, I mean, wow. there's so much crap going on about weight loss and all this stuff. Oh, you took the easy way out. Weight loss surgeries for weaklings, all this stuff like that. But mm. at that time, that really cemented to me that I did the right thing. Yes. So luckily, I'm in good health now. I still have the aorta dissection. They're thinking somewhere down the line I may have to get a stent put in. But right now, I'm good. Okay. I can still do my workouts. Um you know, I have to go get checked out every six months, but okay. ever since then, there's been no complications. The dissection is still stable. There's no, it, it hasn't gotten any bigger or anything like that. So I'm doing good, but the weight loss surgery and getting 200 some odd pounds off really, really saved my life, I believe. Yes, it did. Oh, my goodness. What do you have to say to that, D? That's a story. <laughs> um, wow. Kind of like you can't have a testimony without a test. I mean, yes. and the fact yep. that you had an aortic dissection. Mm. You know, I'm sitting here trying to remember my cardiovascular thoracic surgery, and I didn't realize that you didn't 
have to operate on either one of them because mm. in my mind, they're both a medical emergencies, but that's mm-hmm. good that you didn't have to have surgery for the descending one, but obviously you're going to be continually monitored, but that's a... Yeah, so they said, wow, you know, eventually down the line, I'll probably have to have a stent. Yeah, I'll probably have to have a stent put in, which is, you know, way less invasive than have to crack my chest open to fix it, so... But right now, um, I'm mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it, it was so weird because I had got so heavy into my weight training, and at that time, they basically told me when I came, I, I spent two and a half weeks in the hospital mm-hmm. after that, and I went into the hospital at like 230 pounds. By the time I came out of the hospital, I was like 204 pounds. So I had wow. really shriveled up, and I was so ready to get back to my weight training, and they basically told me at that time, they were like, you know uh, what? Nope. <laughs> you know, no more weightlifting. Yeah, no. Nope. They told me that. It was like, no more weightlifting. So from, yeah. I got out of the hospital like that second week of June, yes, and I didn't touch a weight from June to like mid-August. Yeah, so you got to let that heal up. up. And they were, just like, they were just like, okay, you know, you're stable, but I can no longer, I don't do any heavy weightlifting anymore. Yeah. So I do lightweight, more reps. And it was yes. so crazy, I was so kind of like thinking that my, my workouts were going to change. I'm like, all I know how to do is lift heavy. And it was just like, mm. when they took that from me, I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to transform my body but you can you can but i did and yes. so luckily i had people in my corner i had a former powerlifter ct fletcher he saw my story on, on instagram and he started following me some years ago okay and he reached out to me and he put a workout plan together for me he was like michael trust me, you'll be fine yeah we're going to tweak your plan and he tweaked it for me came up with a whole new plan and that's when i really started to see the changes in my body by mm-hmm. lightening the weight and just doing yes. more reps repetition. Yes. so it, it's been an amazing journey, but I've been doing great, and I'm so thankful, so thankful to still be here. <laughs> and that's important because with, with me, you know, with, with my training in exercise physiology, and I did cardiac rehab and all that kind of stuff, but, yeah, we always tell people, yes, you, you have these things that happen, but exercise is medicine. You can just tweak, you know, your exercise regimen and you still can get the benefits of exercise. It's just different. It's just as tolerated. It's different. And so, yeah, you're still able to do strength training, which is very significant in transforming your body. But you just have to do it a little bit differently. And I'm sure you yep. do body weight stuff, too. <laughs> yep, I do body weights. And mm-hmm. um, but every morning, me and my wife, 430 in the morning, we're up at the gym by five and we work out. Monday through Friday, mm-hmm. and we just stick to that routine. It's just you know, got to have that consistency. And that habit, yes. The, the, the changes, the changes that I'm seeing is they are mind blowing at times, and I'm just like you know, and I and you know, I kind of beat myself up for a while. I'm like, Michael, you should have been doing this a long time ago. Yes. But you know, we all got our own stories and our own times, and you know, this is my time to get myself together, and it just it the quality of life is so much better now. Yes, and you're doing it now. Um, so, with and, and one of the things that I talk about, and we have talked about numerous times on this show, though, you know, all the strength training and exercising and all that in the world won't help if it's not combined with your eating habits. Mm-hmm. And so, I'm just kind of curious mm-hmm. what's going on with you and your wife in terms of the way that you all now are eating and what you eat and how you eat and those mm-hmm. kinds of um, things. Mm-hmm. So, of course, with the weight loss surgery, we can't eat, you know, large meals. So we we basically just do small meals. Um, but mm-hmm. normally in the morning after we work out, um, I'll have a protein shake in the morning mm-hmm. after when I'm getting ready for work. So I have my protein shake for work. And 
so normally we'll we'll meal prep like on Sundays we'll meal prep for the week so uh, mm-hmm. you know it'll be like you know maybe grilled chicken and broccoli and rice and stuff like mm-hmm. that so that's basically kind of like what we eat just some kind of lean meats my wife is more vegan vegetarian these days she's trying to cut out meat completely okay um so she's kind of incorporating more of a vegan diet I have a weakness for cheese, so the vegan, <laughs> I mean, I, there's a lot of vegan food that I love, uh-huh. but uh-huh. I haven't went full-fledged vegan as of yet, so I still like my uh-huh. chicken and my red meat and all of that stuff, but but yeah, we, we try to eat as healthy as possible. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that I don't screw up. I have, the last three months, I have been on this this weird sweetness kick, and mm-hmm. I try to fight those cravings, so if I have anything, what I'm learning is this, if you can have certain things, it's just in moderation. That's the key. And so That's if, the key. I, if I have that sweet tooth where I've been wanting like a cookie or something, that'll be my treat. So I hold myself accountable Monday through Friday. So if I stick to my plan, then I'll treat myself with a cookie on Saturday. Okay. If that's what I'm craving at that time. Okay. And again, I, what I'm learning is just certain things in moderation. Like before, before I had weight loss surgery, you know, I just eat whatever I wanted to. Mm. If I wanted a cookie 12 times a day, I eat me a cookie or whatever. So it's just, <laughs> okay, I can have these things. It's just in moderation. So... Even when we go out to eat, well, me and my wife are learning. Even we, it took us a long time after weight loss surgery to realize that we can't eat all of this food. We would go out to eat, order a regular plate of food, and we'd be picking off that stuff for three or four days because we couldn't hardly eat. Okay. So now when we go out to eat, we share a plate. Yeah. A lot yes. of times, still can't finish the plate, but it's better for us. We'll just share something. Like, what do you want? We'll try to try to agree on something. Yeah. And then we'll share it. I will get two small appetizers or something like that when we decide we want to go out to eat. Um, mm-hmm. But for the most part, we're meal prepping on on Saturdays. I mean, on Sundays. And my wife, like I said, now that she's kind of incorporated more of the vegan diet, she'll she's actually been ordering food. So she does. Um, uh, I can't think of the name of that company off the top of my head. But they basically sent her boxes of like uh, vegan food that all she has to do is warm up. But I actually like being in the kitchen. So Sundays I'll go in there and grill my chicken and okay. steam my broccoli, make my rice, and put it all together. And I bring that stuff to work with me every day, Monday through Friday. Oh, that's nice. That's why I wanted you on the show, because a lot of times when I'm out and about and I'm talking about our weight loss program, you know, and developing these healthy habits, a lot of folks think that it's just so hard. But if you get committed, you know, it's nothing. It's it's nothing. You you do it and you move on, you know. And so it's it's great that you have come and and really talk about this um, story with us. But before you leave, I want you to talk about your podcast, Something in Common. You know, what y'all doing? Y'all coming back? Yeah, we've already came back. We dropped two episodes. We went on a hiatus after. So I started that story about my wife's um, father, and he passed away. So December will be two years. Okay. And he passed away. It really, Mm. you know, he never got out of that nursing home and, he ended up catching COVID. They took him to the hospital one day. He was on a ventilator, uh, and he just never he never recovered after that. It, you know, it was the, it wasn't uh, just the COVID, but it was all the other medical issues that he was dealing with. Uh-huh. When he passed away. It really, you know, my wife is still struggling with that now. She was such a daddy's girl, uh-huh. and uh-huh. when he passed, like it was a lot of stuff that we had to just put to the wayside. She was in no mental condition to record that show and, and people don't understand when it comes to podcasting and all this stuff it's not it's a lot of work that goes into that it's yes not, it is yes it it's is not easy. it's not easy yes so it is we decided to put the show on hiatus for a while and we did and we were just sitting around about a month or so ago and we like we really got to bring the show back because it was really an outlet for us and we had been doing it i had started my own podcast about five years ago 
and mm-hmm. it was just me. And after a while, I was just like, I'm really tired of hearing myself talk. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure people are tired of hearing me talk to myself. So <laughs> I asked my wife, I'm like, look, let's, let's start a podcast. I said, why don't you do it with me? And we started off just kind of doing like current events and political talks. And my wife was really into politics at the time. And so we kind of structured the show off of that. And now that we're bringing it back, we're focusing more on kind of our health and wellness journey. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. We didn't realize that we had touched so many people. And, yes. you know, when people reach out, and it's so funny, like we're, we're out and about now sometimes just going to the market and people recognize them. And it's so weird. And it's like, oh, my God, you know, I follow you guys. Yes. And I was like, well, we need to put more focus on that. You know, yes. We can help people. You know, along their weight loss journey, let's do that. And so when we brought the show back, we um, just kind of refocused it on health and wellness, and that's where we're going with it right now. So we officially dropped the first episode two weeks ago, and I just put another one out on Monday. Okay, Where okay. we basically just had the people ask questions. We just said, let's do a Q&A. So yes. A lot of people have been following us, but we had a lot of new followers, so we just put um, put the post out on Instagram and Facebook, like, hey, you know, you guys got questions, ask us. So a lot of them was about weight loss surgery. And you know, I tell people, I don't try to push weight loss surgery on anybody. I tell people when they ask me about it, do your research, you know, talk to your doctors, mm-hmm. get all the information you get on it. And if you decide to do it, do it. But don't do it based on, you know, right. look at me or my wife and say, oh, my God, you guys did great. Like, no, do your research. So I don't push that on anybody. Yes. If people can drop the weight naturally, hey, more power to you. I don't judge. JD, mm-hmm. my story is my story. I had to do what I had to do for me just like my wife did. Okay. So, mm-hmm. you know, but if, if, if our story inspires somebody to do it and they get the weight loss surgery and it's beneficial to them, I'm great. And I love hearing those stories when people reach out and say, hey, I yes. had weight loss surgery last year. I'm down 100 pounds. Like, I'm doing great. Thank you guys so much. I love that kind of stuff. Yes, yes. And so when people reach out, like I said, I got five guys that I'm trying to help with right now. Okay. Two, three of them are getting revisions. They they had the surgery, and now they want to redo it and try to be more successful with it. So I'm helping them. You know, guys that want to have the surgery, I'm kind of walking them through the process. And a lot of it's based off your insurance. So different insurance companies want different stuff to before they'll approve you for it. But, you know, I'm like, hey, if I can help you, if you look at me and you think I'm inspirational by any means, if I can help you be successful, then I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. Right. So anything else, D? No, this has been a great story. This has been a great story, story, yes. And so how can folks contact you then? Give us all your stuff. You can follow us on Instagram at something in common. That's S-O-M-T-I-H-I-N underscore N underscore common. You can follow us there. Same thing on Facebook. Something to comment on Twitter. I'm very bad about working Twitter, but I'm more active on Facebook and me and too. Instagram, but you can mm-hmm. follow us there. And uh, Michael Wright just on regular Facebook. Mm-hmm. And my wife is Kimberly Nicole on Facebook. So if you want to follow us there, you can follow us there. So we try to post our workouts and, you know, our, our, our transformations and stuff like that. Just to try to keep people motivated and yes. keep them interested. Like I said, and we're, we're just here to help anybody we can help at the moment. Because this health and wellness, like I said, just the quality of life it has given us. Oh, yes. Has been I'm so sure. amazing. So we can share that with other people and you know, do something might, that might help them get on the right path, I'm all for it. And that's honestly where I'm getting my joy at right now. Well, we appreciate you. We appreciate you coming to yes, our show, yes, and talking with us. And best of luck to you and your honey sweet, your wife, Kimberly, Nicole. <laughs> thank you so much. I truly yeah. appreciate it. it I thank yeah, you so much for having that. me again. This has been a You're pleasure. You're so welcome. Yes, You're and welcome. thank you. 
Now, this ends our show, Dee. Do you have some tips that we should think about? You know, that was a wonderful interview with him. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole weight loss thing is a, is a journey. And, um, you know, he kind of told us his whole history. And as, as I said, you can't have a testimony without a test. So I think he told, he took us through. And, my goodness, he had a lot of things going on. Yes, he you know, did. He talked about his dissection of his aorta and issues that he had. So it was great. It was. And and what one thing I like about so so much about he and he he talked about his wife as well how they made it through together and yes because um as i was saying you know a lot of times when when folks go through that weight loss journey a lot of times there are marital issues that come about you brought that up and he commented on that about how sometimes it may end up in a divorce I know. very interesting you know and he commented on that so yeah yes and they're together and they've lost they both lost over 200 and yes. something pounds right i know yes fantastic so that's very fantastic yes folks they're back together because you know we love podcasters and so they both have their show back again and it's called something in common and so you can listen to their podcast on any of the platforms that you listen to your podcast Um, and so make sure that you go and listen something in common and we appreciate we appreciate michael coming giving us the tea as we say absolutely (laughs) (laughs) on his weight loss journey yes we love it folks as always for more information go to our website vickidofitness.com and remember if you have any questions comments or just something to say tweet us email us Go on Facebook and share with us your thoughts. You've been listening to It's All About Health and Fitness with Dr. Vicki Hayward-Doe and Dr. Virginia Banks-Bright. Vicki Doe is owner of Vicki Doe Fitness, a multimedia health and wellness forum, a place to discuss, learn, and participate in healthy living. You can get in touch with Vicki by email at info at vickidofitness.com.